0: Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Preview Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yay! <laughs> so yes, it's round two of Super Rugby Aotearoa and round three of Super Rugby AU. We have four games this weekend and uh, there might not be big crowds at some of them, but hey, at least they're going ahead, which is kind of cool. Um, what isn't so cool though, Cornflake, is that um, they are um, decided that uh, hey. Because it's Sunday, we won't bother releasing some of our squads yet until until the Sunday game, and so you don't have we do have lineups to talk about for all of the games. But uh, at least the Australians are civilised in this one in this one aspect uh, in the fact they release their squads on Wednesday night. Isn't that true?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the whole Sunday rugby thing is all a bit of a nightmare. If you ask me, I'm against it. But if someone has to work Sundays. It's always bad because I can't watch the games, and then it just ruins my whole weekend. So there you go. Make working on Sundays illegal. That's that, There we go. Start that process. That's what we want to do.
0: Exactly. Then all those professional rugby players can't work on Sundays. They can't play on Sundays or train on Sundays.
2: Didn't think that through very <laughs> well. <laughs> Stop anyone on low wages working um, Sundays. we we'll go after that.
0: Oh, uh, dearie me. Cool. Anyway, um, I, I, I could pull apart that one as well. Yeah, you'd have no one serving food or drinks at the stadiums, no one collecting the tickets and all that kind of stuff. But, hey, never mind. Um, just me, then. Just you, exactly. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't let retail shops open on, on Sundays. That's, what you, that's yes. what you want to say. There we go. Um, anyway, uh, first up, we have on Friday evening, the Chiefs versus the Highlanders. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to attend a Zoom call where um, Clayton McMillan announced the uh, the names and uh, answered questions from the media. Unfortunately, all those big media people asked too many questions and he ran out of time before he got to me. So there we go. Um, but uh, quick run through then D Mac at, t- at 15, Jonah Lowe at 14, Sean Wainui in the 13 jersey in, a cent- in the centres there, uh, Anson Lennon Brown at 12, uh, Etna's Et- 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 Nani N- Satoro at 11, Brent uh, Gatland and uh, Brad Weber are your 10 and 9. Across the front row, O'Neill. Uh, Teculahu, uh, Malfaleo, uh, in the engine room, Vai Ai and uh, Arkoi, uh, And then you've got um, uh, Finau or um, uh, Sammy Pinu Finau at six, Kane and uh, Luke Jacobson at uh, seven and eight. Replacements, Slater, Norris to Arvo across the front row, Mitchell Brown, Mitchell Carpick, Xavier Rowe, uh, Nankerville and uh, Sean Stevenson. So a few, uh, a few surprises in there. I think with players like uh, uh, Finnell, uh, who's um, not even got a full time contract with the Chiefs. He's just injury cover at the moment. He's starting in six, um, Sean Wainui in that thirteen jersey. We've not really seen. We've seen him do that at uh, minor ten cup level, but uh, historically he's been on the wing, hasn't he, for the Chiefs?
2: Generally speaking, would be on the wing. Yeah, it's, there's a there's a few interesting matchups in in this, in this game uh, for both sides. But yeah, you look at the bench and you say there's quite a bit of. Uh, power on there that you normally would would put into a starting lineup, wouldn't he? Like a especially a guy like a Carpic in that you know instead of a debutante in that back row, um the Tatarvals guys like that, where you put into the starting lineup, especially if what they've lost. But what I find really interesting about this Chiefs team is what they've actually nicked off everyone else. The guys like Mafalera from the Blues, if I'm not mistaken, um John Lowe from the Hurricanes, and of course the big man in number ten, um, Bryn Gatlin, the heartbreaker uh, for the Chiefs a year ago. Uh, Now he's on their side, so how quickly things changed. Uh, But the team, it's a a typical Chiefs team, isn't it? And we don't know what to expect from it just yet either. But what I am glad to see, and I'm sure plenty of people are going to agree with this, he's at 15. Oh, thank goodness for that. (laughs) Damien McKenzie's at 15. He's not at 10. Don't do anything stupid. So that's always a good start. I like that. Um, There's always that fear. I prefer him at 15, and um, we'll see. You know he's going to impact the game. He's he's going to go in there and be a first receiver a lot of the time. But it's just that their freedom, I think, just makes him such a different player and ability to get out there and and make things happen and and do it on his own sort of accord rather than having to be you know that structured player and be in that place at that time. So good for him. I think Brent Gatlin's experienced enough. Just hopefully you know he's not going to repeat any of those heartbreaks from um, you know last year. Keep him keep him nice and toned down.
0: Yeah, I mean D Mac is a replacement ten. That's what I was with Nankville well, and Short Stevenson so um I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that uh, uh in, in the sort of the 10 position uh come the second half or, or partway through the second half uh interesting ones Mitchell Brown and uh, Mitchell Karpik, both Lucy's traditionally Mitchell Brown as lock cover so um a bit uh, concerned there if either Arquoi or Vai go down early that could be a problem and the two 21 uh, uh, year olds in there so a very young engine room uh Xavier Rowe ahead of triple T uh now and the reason he got players like Tarver on the bench um, uh, is because the they didn't have they either had a niggle and haven't had as much game time um, or, or those sort of things is is, is why you've seen people like carpic and Tarver on the bench there. Um, so is, is what he was telling us. Uh, yeah, he said basically Triple T got in, uh, missed one of the games through a slight, a slight niggle, and Xavier Rowe took his um, his opportunity in the preseason. So yeah, you, having that new coach in Clayton McMillan in there means that there was there was a bit more of a blank slate. For some of these players let's be honest there wasn't a blank slate for sam kane or david mckenzie they were going to play but some of the other players um have uh, a couple of other players there have stepped have, have got better position have, have managed to uh, grab positions through other players having slight niggles and um he's just not had the opportunity to see them quick look mm. at the landers then uh hunt at the back with the cotton god of who put on a who really impressed last weekend on the wing um Punavai, Tomkinson in the centres, Nariki on the other wing. Um, Josh Awani gets the 10 jersey this time. Uh, Fakatava will start at nine. Uh, the uh, front row, Leonard Brown, Dixon, uh, Tokolahi. Um, we've got Dixon and Regan in the engine room. Frizzell, Harmond and to to your loosies. Off the bench, Coltman, Honick, Thwaites, Selby Rickett, Liam Squire, Aaron Smith, uh, Solomon Alamalo and Hugh Renton. Boy, oh boy. Is that more, be- more more sort of caps and more experience coming off the bench than there is actually on the pitch?
2: It's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Oh, this, yeah, yeah. The news this week has all been about Falau Whakatawa, hasn't it? That's what we've all heard about. Aaron Smith re the contract. Oh, where's he going to go? He's got to move. He's got to go somewhere else. Um, yep, a pile of rubbish, if you ask me. Put down the scrap heap and <laughs> get out to the recycle bin. Um, I mean, the Highlanders, have they, is this a plan or have they kind of gone, okay? Obviously, there's a new contract trying to go to him. Uh, the talk is to Whakatawa at the Highlanders. Have they gone, okay, well, let's sweeten the deal for you here, Folau. Let's make it a little bit nicer for you. Have a start in your next match. Show us what you can do at this level. Do you deserve to stay at the Highlanders anyway? You know, Have a, have a little bit of a sweetener there for him. So I'm keen to see how he's going to go. It's really, after this week and to see him name to start, It's it's been uh, really, really interesting to see the reaction now of the player and how he's going to go when it comes to match time. But I think the Highlanders really lacked last week was the bench. The bench come on, especially, I think, in the forwards. Those guys, they were already struggling, but it got worse. I mean, the line-out, Highlanders' line-out is normally fairly solid. It fell away quite substantially after the guys like Coltman and that came on. They can't afford to let that happen again, especially against the Chiefs. Okay, you get away if the Crusaders, are going to thump you probably anyway. It was going that way. But against the Chiefs, this pack battle is going to be massive. It's going to be crucial. If they can win that, this game you know, the pack battle is going to decide it. So that's massively important for them to actually stand up and play throughout. Guys like Shelby Rickett's going to be um, really, really important. And, you know, like you spoke about, the experience of the bench, Aaron Smith, fellow um, Squire, big experience, big players, big game players as well. And if these guys can get in this match, get themselves in the lead, control the game, put it away at the end, have a nice finish from their, uh, from their you know, finishes as they hmm. like to call them nowadays, off the bench. So looks looks good, but yeah, the the thing is for me, Joshuani off the bench last week looked a bit better, looked a bit more attacking, looked a bit more aggressive, taking on the line, ball in hand. That'll help them as well. And what's Fakatava going to do? He, he's going to have the eyes on him. Watch Sky this weekend, your player cam. If it's a Highlander, will it be Tarver? I bet you it will be.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's two people. Obviously, Brent Gatland, um the, against his old team. So that, that that's going to be monitored a bit like... Um, Bowden Barrett's first game against the um, uh, against Hurricanes, the Blues. Uh, will we see Bryn Gatland getting uh, mobbed in a try celebration in the same way that Bowden Barrett did? Um, that was going to be that was going to be my question for, Brin, for 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 Gatland in that media conference, uh, or or, or, my, or my advice to him: avoid any try celebrations by the Highlanders, mate. Uh, it was going to be, but I didn't get to say that unfortunately. Um, the yeah, you got to say that. What I think we're seeing from the Highlanders here is a reaction to last year. Last year. Everyone's, all the players said how attritional um, and how t- uh, the Super Bowl was uh, with back-to-back derbies. And I think what we're seeing here is that um, Brown's taking that on board and he's rotating his team. I don't think this is going to be, Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think this is a reaction just to uh the contract negotiations for, for, for Catarba, um or that uh and say say necessarily play badly last weekend i just think it's an idea to keep the guys fresh keep make sure the guys don't get too um too bashed up uh, and and uh, on with that um nocturnal rights, so i reckon yeah, that Coltman gets a bit more uh, um that dixon will basically gets a free ride when, his, when he when his arrows aren't working but um, Coleman always gets the same get get, get gets it mentioned oh well we'll see we'll see how it goes this weekend um so Spotlight. after that on friday night um we head over to, over the ditch to the waratahs versus the force and um the uh oh, actually um predictions time i'm going for the chiefs i think they can uh oh. i think, they've got, I think they've, got, they've got the cattle to do this um you clearly will be going for the highlanders
2: absolutely five points no question
0: so uh, i think it'll be a close one absolutely yeah i don't think i think it's over to the, uh, the Warriors, then Marky Market 15, Maddox at 14, Newsome and um, Maria, Maria uh, in the centres, uh, Ram on the other wing. Will Harrison and uh, Jack Grant are the uh, the halves. Across the front row, uh, Faulkner, um, Porecki, Johnson-Holmes, Caird um, and Sinclair are the uh, locks. Swinton, Tizano and Jack Dempsey are your loosies. Um The uh, Western force, uh, sorry, and then off the bench, um Horton, um, Tatola, um, Taikai, Wetton, Williams, and then to the backs: Robertson, uh, Edmund, Edmed, uh, and Riley. And you're looking at that, looking at some of those players on the bench. You're thinking, who the hell's that? Um, yeah, again, Waratahs going off the back of two big losses, but they've been off. The, they've been against the two top teams. They played the Reds and the Brumbies. Um, what do you, what do you think of the Waratahs ahead of the uh, Western Force? Are they really that poor? Um, is this a team that is that really isn't in the doldrums that far?
2: Yeah, yeah, I reckon they are. They've had a horror. It's not, not like they've been just beaten. They've been absolutely pummeled in the last couple of weeks. See, the Reds, okay, first first game this season, uh, it was a little bit competitive for a while, and the Reds, you know, pumped them in the second half. But boy, that, that Brumbies game last week was just a, a demolition. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a well-built-up, you know, game from the Brumbies where they worked into it and they just smoked, but they just thrashed them from start to finish. It was never really even a, a match at any point. Uh, so I think this is this is a battle of that wooden spoon. Um, mm. Whoever loses this is pretty much um, you know halfway to securing that because I can't see the long run, especially the Waratahs beating any of those other three sides, uh, especially the way the Rebels played last week. Consistency will come into their story later on. Um, is that they can keep that what that performance up against the Reds. In future, but boy, the Brumbies and, and the Reds are quite streaks ahead of what we're seeing from these bottom place two sides. So I think it's it is danger time uh, for the Waratahs. But they go into this, you go into that first game against the Reds, and I think season opener first game, okay, you can kind of let that go, and then to go into the Brumbies, they'll be looking top tier team. It's like expectation would be to perform, try and keep it close, and make a match out of it. They got thumped. Now it's 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 still die. It's must win. They can't afford to lose this game. They've gone from, let's do our best, let's get out there, a bit of confidence boost, and now it's like, this is it. Got to win. Can't lose. You've got to put everything out there. So I expect their performers will be a bit more passionate, I hope anyway, a bit more dedicated, and they should put in a good, better Performance because really it can't get much worse. But uh, boy, um, book me a ticket on the force train because I'm right there for this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, on the other tortas, um, they're gonna get they, they're desperate, as you say. This mm-hmm. is a must win game for them. Um, the Western Force, you look at who they've got, you're like, well, they've not played together, so they're gonna take a while to gel. They will improve, right? They, you, mm-hmm. you can, you can they, they've got the pieces that, that to make the jigsaw. The Waratahs, They've lost a couple of. They're they're looking down the back of the sofa trying to find pieces. Um. Because so <laughs> because yeah, it's they're, they're like oh my word, uh We've lost all these players. So for them, yeah, the, the, yeah this is a must-win one, and I think that could lead to desperation, which could lead to an awful lot of whistle and an awful lot of penalties. Um. In this one, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is a bit of a stop-start game. Um. In all honesty, with uh, yeah, with some very desperate players for those Waratahs who are basically who, yeah because that Rob, Rob Penny is they're already members of the Waratahs board have already said that look, they're, they're, they're trying to, they're, they're talking to other coaches and you, I mean, seriously, this is, yeah, it, it's, it's a mess in, in Tars Land. Rob Penny is not the problem, right? Losing mm-hmm. a match day squad's worth of international players in two years is the problem. <laughs> it's higher up than Penny. Um So, but, um, yeah, it, it is, it is, it is, it, yeah, it's going to be desperate, as Dr. Um, Wright said, low confidence plus a whole bunch of very, very desperate people in that task thing is, could lead either to a standout performance as they all step up or to a really ragged performance as everyone knows their job's on the, job is on the line. Hmm. Across to the fourth then, uh, Rob Kearney at the back, um, Ralston on one wing with Kiran Drani and... Um, uh, Richard uh, Kahui in the centres um, Tony Pulu on the other wing McIntyre and Cabelli are the halves across the front row Robertson, uh, Tu, uh, Medrano uh, Thrush and Lee Warner in the engine room and um, Anstey uh, Coetta and Stander are the, the uh, Lucys with the Stander taking over the captaincy with Pryor um, off uh, on the bench on the bench, Ready, Wagner and Holmes across the front row um, McClawley, Lezana To uh, in there, Uh, Ian Pryor, Domingo Miotti, and uh, Marcel Bracchi on the bench. So only uh, three internationals on the well, at least three foreign internationals on the bench there with Lozana, Miotti, and Bracchi, all um, international players. So yeah, uh, strong bench to come on and uh, help finish things out. It just comes down to um, the yeah the chemistry between between the players, really, doesn't it?
2: Well. This is only appropriate time to do this, but I think we just might do a shirt change um, just to support our Aguarez side now uh, since we've moved on from the Highlanders. So let's go the Puma players that are involved. De- Domingo Miotti, how awesome is it to see him back in the Super Rugby again? Fantastic, talented uh, young player. So I'm excited to see him uh, coming off the bench and the injury to John O'Lance as well. So that is going to help them out, get him on the field later on. Jake McIntyre I thought was really good in his little impactful play. Um, at the start of the season. So promising signs. Where did Tony Pulu come from? Did you even know that the Force had signed uh, Tony Pulu in, in their team? I didn't even know. You see, they've stolen another player um, from the Brumbies. So they've they've got <laughs> players coming out from all over the show, um, stealing everyone. But again, uh, it's the same point we talked about after the Force's first game. That midfield is what worries me. And when yeah. you look at guys like Pulu, Rolston's and Carnies, uh, I just want to see them pass a little bit more, get it out the back, those guys. And I think we're going to see a bit more from the standers um, and guys like that who were outstanding last year. They're going to probably stand up a lot more in this matchup as well. So I'm expecting big things. It's a better team than last year, much improved. Another week under the belt, more depth coming through the team, more Pumas in the side. Uh, it's all all plus plus. And let's go, Higueras, doing the title from the um, from the sea of blue. So we like to see force all the way. Not even any doubt.
0: <laughs> yeah no, I, so it, it's one of those ones where you d- if you look at the names force against waratars historically the force are going to lose right this is it's one of those yep. ones where you just look at the matchup and you just go how can you pick the force over the waratars because it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 just one of those ones you just don't do um but looking at the sides yeah you have to and hence yeah I, i've gone with the force but it uh it, yeah it, it took a a, a a big brain shift for me to get over this whole this the, that, that hurdle um, so you yeah, just see the, just see the task now go and ruin my $3. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm backing the forces one. And as you say, yeah, it's that old, uh, and non-passing center, center partnership. Um, that, so your question is how does the ball get out to those other guys? Um, Tony Poole, we know has got pace to burn, um, and, uh, c- can, do magical things. Uh, so yeah, this is a, it, they've got all the ingredients. It's the, it's the chemistry and that chemistry is slowly building. Um, and, uh, but yeah, against, against the poor Waratahs side, yep, yeah, they should have too much for them.
2: One really weird thing I found about this match, I went to with the Waratahs team, was what they've done um, with Maddox and Nwaginitawasi. Why, why swap? I, yeah. I can see they want to get Maddox into the game. Okay. Put him on the wing, but then you're putting your other kind of exciting, make something happen winger at fullback. So you're, you're they're they're so similar players it's like are you what are you gaining what are you losing you're not really getting anything more than the other on this one it's a real weird change I I find Maddox I thought was a bit more impactful last week I thought he had he had the ball a bit more and made a couple of decent little breaks but geez I I don't know what the advantage is there at all at least at fullback he can kind of come in like we talk about McKenzie and make something happen in midfield or off a shoulder now he's on the wing is he yeah is is he going to be more freedom to get the ball and play, or is he just going to be stuck out in the wing now instead? So, yeah, bizarre one for me.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'd uh, uh, So uh, it, it is a strange one. Also, you, you're putting an actual winger at fullback and a full and someone used yeah. to play fullback at wing, right? Eh? Come on, guys. Yeah, it, it all it all looks a bit strange, but I I wouldn't be surprised by anything that happens in Tarsland at the moment. The way that it's just <laughs> such a mess, to be honest with you. Um, the only more dysfunctional team around at the moment is is the one that's gone bust, which is the uh, the, the, the Kings. Um, moving on then to um, Saturday with the uh, Brumbies versus the Rebels. Um, looking at uh, the Brumbies, you've got uh, um, Banks um, at fullback, Muirhead in the 14 jersey, uh, Ikatua uh, and Simone in the centre combination, um, Mac Hansen on the other wing, Lola and White are your centre combination, sorry, not your centre combination, your, your, halves com- your halves combination, uh, Co. Uh, McKernie uh, across that front row, Swain and Neville in the engine room, Valentini, Brown, and Pete Samu are your Lucy's. Uh Longorin, Lloyd Ross are your forge replacements, Tucker, James Tucker, um, ex uh, or no, ex uh, the yeah, ex um oh Waikato player in there, um Tom Kusack, uh Longorin, uh Pasitoa and um Keta. Oh, sorry, Kata um are, are the replacements. Um James Tucker, definitely more a kind of loose uh, a six rather than a uh, rather than a, an engine room kind of guy. So a bit like the Chiefs, potentially some um, worries there for the Brumbies if they lose one of their locks early on, um, I would suggest. But um a pretty much well oiled machine and and, uh, and a, a nice 10, 12, 13 combination um that's starting to develop there as well.
2: Yeah, the well-oiled machines probably have an understatement for them, isn't it? They're just, they're like a steam train just smoking through every sort of little bit of timber and stuff that's lying on the tracks. They're just blasting everything out of their way. Um When do they get a test? I mean, yeah, this is probably going to be their biggest one uh to bring on when they play the Reds. I mean, I probably have to say a little bit of apologies for poor old Mac Hanson, eh? I paid him out last week as being a bit of, yeah, is he really a Super Rugby-level winger? And then he goes and bags a hat-trick against, against the uh, woeful... Uh, Waratahs, but hey, fair credit to him um, to get out there and do that. But yeah, super team, hard to beat, good midfield, and, and the combination of the midfield we like a playmaker and a runner versus you know that that charging, defending, uh, defender sucker player who just likes draws players in and makes room for his guys outside. And Simone's the guy who's gonna make things happen. So they got that two playmakers of Lola Laco. Simone does a lot of work at first receiver, they do play well together. This young guy has come in. He's making waves now as well. They just make the right calls. I mean, to be to who? The Brumbies don't miss him whatsoever. They've moved on now. They've got the new next best thing uh, in a 13 jumper. So that's this is, <laughs> yeah, the Brumbies really are, I, I said it last year, the Crusaders of Australian rugby. Sure, it's a bit of a different level, but they just, by Australian standards, churn out the next best thing. And they're streaks ahead of what the other teams are doing in those sort of levels. The Reds have been really, really good over the last season or two, but still the Brumbies consistently at that level they lose guys, and they don't completely fall off the radar like the Waratahs have. They lose guys every season, yet they still bring in these new guys, or they, they shift players out when they get near the end, you know, and bring in the next wave of player.
0: Yeah, and that's... It, I can it's, see,
2: see
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, a bit, well, a, bit, a bit like the Crusaders, right? They they introduce one and two players with players around them who know how to play, right? Mm-hmm. So, sure, um, Iketau's come in, but he's got Simone, who's had a full season now inside in his Wallaby, um, and he's got Muirhead and Banks around it. Um, Mac Hansen, again, coming new. Uh, but, yeah, just, so it's just two new guys in that back in that, in that in that back line. It's not um, three or four with uh, – so, uh, and then, sure, I mean, a lot of say not the most experienced this level, but he's, but he's been in the Wallabies camp. Uh, Nick White, also lots of experience. So, again, you're pairing up a new guy and an experienced guy. So, they're, they're introducing players in the right way, uh, whereas not, not just saying let's have a brand-new team like the Waratahs have done. Um,
2: have they, though, look at the Waratahs' backline in this? Will Harrison's been playing two seasons now. James Rand's been around for a couple of seasons. Newsom's been around forever. Maddox has been around forever. And was he has been around for a few, three seasons or so now as well. So in that back line for this week, they've mm-hmm. got maybe Maroa, Grant, and that's it. That are actually new players this sort of season. It's These guys have been around long enough. It's just that atmosphere and, and winning the culture, the, the mentality of, of winning games as well. And, hey, look, Mac Hanson, what did he do last season? he come on, new player, smacked over a winning uh, penalty to win the game. Mentality, knowing you can do that. Uh, would a force player come on and do that in this current situation? Would a Waratahs player come off the bench? It's, it's hard to see that I'd have that mental ability, that confidence uh, to do that sort of job. So that's what it all comes down to And coming into a side and believing you can win, having that belief, that's tough for a Waratahs player to come into that culture and believe that they're going to win based on two weeks.
0: the um, uh, <laughs> uh, There was some talk about backs joining the line out drive illegally last week in Aussie. news um, might get stung by refs for it this week. Uh, yeah, they'll need to be a bit more careful about it. Look, you're not allowed to slide past the ball carrier. The ball has to move backwards, the players can't move forwards, right? So yes, they were joining illegally. Um, Is it something that every other team gets away with to a greater or less degree? Absolutely, it is. It's just, hey, um, you've got to find something to talk about, apart from just the Brumbies, as you say, steamrolling the opposition, and that's what they chose to talk about. Um, So, yes, and it also didn't help that Lollasio came in and actually scored a try off uh, off, off the back of the ball as well still. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I'm sure he's had uh, plenty of fun. Um, ribbings about uh, hey hey stop training the backs come train over with us at the lineout time please um, and stuff like that during training during the week. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah it's well it's the well machine. I guess the rebel side that I think actually um, performed better than we expected um, to uh, last week uh, in in their defence because again a whole bunch of um, names they've brought, they brought in some new a bunch of new names um, and uh, they seem to have stepped up. So Pickers is your fifteen Anderson on one wing um Stacy from the um Oh Manukau Rovers uh, over there in the 13 jersey alongside Reese Hodge Corobetti on the other wing uh, Tamua and Powell are the uh, halves um Wells um Hardwick um sorry, Oops I've I've gone the wrong way um Elof, Hansen and um Uli are the are the front row Haylet Petty and Jose are the in the engine room um, Kemeny, Hardwick and Wells are your Lucy's Off the bench, Craig and Calai, uh, Sordoni, uh, Steve Cummins and Liotta. Moving, um, well, one of three players potentially for the for the scrum half position in James Tuttle, Brad Wilkin or Tom Newland, to be decided apparently. Um, Frank Lamani and uh, Glenn Vahue, um, are the, are the make out the 23 or the uh, 25, depending on how you read it. In this one. Um so uh the um uh, looking at that um side, as I say, uh, look uh, performed better than we expected last week. I expect a, a strong defensive performance um so the the Brumbies don't get to run away with it, but I don't see enough on attack to put more points put enough points on the board to worry the Brumbies personally.
2: First things first, we just have to um pay respect to our another um Argentinian player uh Sordoni in the reserves so to make his impact as well good to see another one smashing his way through but yes uh the Rebels absolutely shocked and stunned me last weekend completely unexpected performance but let's talk about why they actually played well performed well on the scoreboard they took those three points <laughs> opportunity come up they took three What did the Highlanders not do? What did the Hurricanes and the Blues for a lot of period not do? And what did the Reds certainly not do as well? They didn't take their three points. I think, what, they get seven uh, penalties out of 10 attempts, I think it was, uh, in the end for the Rebels. They almost won that game without even looking like they were going to score a try. But like you said, Paul, their defensive effort, absolutely frustrated. The Reds, beyond belief, they they just want to score tries, and they couldn't score tries, and they were relentlessly just hammering away. Sure, they broke through a couple of times, but if you're going up the other end and just picking off those threes, turning that scoreboard over, creating that pressure, it tells something wicked, and it really did. They should have won that game. They should be sitting there, not, I think, that convert that penalty for Tamua. I tell you what, if he took that in training the next day, which he would have, I bet you a hundred times, he smoked all of them. Um, that's how well uh, he would, you know, you'd expect him to get that kick. But on the field, we talked about last week in the preview, didn't we? How important Matt Tumor was going to be. How he plays was going to affect how that team plays. He played pretty well. He had a pretty decent matchup. Outshone O'Connor, who was pretty much a non existent factor after being brilliant in round one. He is so important, and it's combination with Joe Powell, another experienced number nine in Australian rugby. Those guys are key, but I do want to get a little shout-out to uh, Kalbis Elof, the big number one. Phenomenal, outstanding player. He had a great game uh, in the scrum for the Rebels last weekend, and it'll be good to see as well, Farmer Sealy actually play rugby and not just chase uh, Taliana Tupo around just trying to smash each other all game. So we might get to see a I bit of him around that, the
0: field. That was the prop I thought you were going to be talking about because yes, Scrum uh, Scrum time is, is going to be interesting, right? Um, oh yeah, and uh, so because uh, yes, that that could be somewhere that the Re- the Red Rebels sorry could get the other hand on the Brumbies because yeah, Farmer did a uh, did did a very good job um, last weekend uh, in that uh, and one when he went off, um, well the next prop came in and basically got broken by um, by Topu and so they had to bring him back on again. Um, so yeah, Scrum time is one area that perhaps, and if they can get their, those big bodies in the way of the mall, maybe just maybe they can stop it. But you know the Brumbies are not going to increase in threes. The Brumbies are going to kick the corner and use that mall, and you're going to be able to stop it. Um, so we will see um, how uh, how this uh, how how this one pans out. But uh, it's yeah, it's maybe maybe it is going to be threes versus versus uh, line out malls, and we'll see which one has who has the most at the end. But uh, yeah, I'm back in the Brumbies. Quite comfortably in this one.
2: Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, Brumbies should do this one quite comfortably. And I do agree with that comment by my Nocturnal as well. I do believe, yeah, you've got to find a balance and you've got to read the situation of the game. Sometimes, yeah, going for those five or seven is is the way to go. But geez, if you've you've been down that end of the river, you know, two or three times and you're not getting any return, you've got to come away with something. Sometimes. And It can change a match. Uh, so hey, I mean, if the if the rebels kept kicking for those corners, they would have come out of a what twenty four nil or twenty three nil you know loss. They wouldn't have got anything. So yeah, you got to read the game.
0: Absolutely. And um, finally, the uh, Crusaders versus the Hurricanes. Say so we haven't got the sides for this one, um, but the uh, yeah, the games we moved to Sunday uh, to hopefully be able to have a full stadium uh, with the whole COVID. Um, levels and all of that kind of thing. And we'll see what, whether that happens or not. And um, by the way, I think it's like 700 people are at the uh, the Chiefs game. Um, they've managed to have in mean, 100 blocks with each, each with their own entryway and that kind of thing. So um, there, there'll be a small, a, a small crowd um, at the Chiefs game. But unfortunately, because of COVID, there's not a space for me with my media pass. Normally there would, uh, otherwise I, w- I was going to be there. So uh, yes, damn COVID. Anyway, moving on then. Crusaders versus hurricanes look at the end of the day uh it's uh, the, the you've got to back the Crusaders especially at home um for the hurricanes uh it's gonna be we're, we're still going to wonder about that um uh halves combination aren't we um with um uh we with, with uh, nine and ten um and um the uh and yeah so I, I, those are going to be the uh the, the kind of um yeah, the crusade is rolling on as we'd expect. I I've not heard of any particular injuries or any or any extra injuries. So I think we'll see a, a pretty similar side as we saw last time, maybe some rotation uh, to keep some players fresh um for the Hurricanes, a settled pack that's probably gonna get pushed around. Hmm. Um, and uh some backs that uh are gonna well, outside backs are gonna wish they got the ball a bit more, um, because the halves are gonna perhaps take the wrong options and uh and yeah, and that's I think
2: that's how we're going to see the game go. Yeah, I, you pretty much summed it up there. It's going to be forward-dominated. Uh, I think fairly similar to what we've seen last weekend with the Crusaders, that they'll just win those forward battles, control the game, get into that second half and and finish the match off, as, as they always do so well. I just don't see that pack from the Hurricanes getting enough kind of dominance at, at set-piece time and, and around the field that should see them get any control over that matchup. It's just a typical... Typical sort of Crusaders team, isn't it? And the, the way they played last weekend, i expect more from them the same. I think the Hurricanes, yeah, got a few little problems, um, like most of the teams do. It's, yeah, the, the Blues have got same, similar sort of issues. The Highlanders have got similar sort of issues as well. And the Chiefs, will, we're expecting to have similar sort of issues as well. So I think it's going to be quite, quite a little tussle. I think we might see results the, throughout the season, you know, chop and change as, as the, the weeks go on and um, throughout the competition. So that home and away advantage is gonna to prove to be quite an important thing. Hey, later on in the year, who knows what situation will be and when the Crusaders go to the Canes, this could be quite a different fixture. But at home, um hopefully with a good crowd, it should be, you know, pretty dominant uh plain sailing uh for the champions to continue on there, you know, barnstorming choo choo, Brumby's train, smash everyone just like uh they are doing over the Tasman as well.
0: The uh, it's gonna, yeah, look to, uh, hurricanes need to play hell to scale to high energy game to have a chance get crusaders mo- uh, moaning and angry. Um, yeah, okay, so well, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. Um, I'd be surprised if they can if, if the crusaders defense would allow them, um, to play at that kind of pace. Uh, so in all, in all honesty, the problem with the
2: hurricanes though is they don't. Yeah, they got the guys on the outside, but you're not going to get they've got a lot of straightness, is what I'm trying to say. You know, the, the midfield are generally straighteners or you know runners. Uh they're not going to just switch it from end to end and get the outside backs to to outpacing, especially when you've got you know, they play of Salvia on one side again. You know, he's just gonna straighten as well. He's the sort of winger who goes over people, not around people. So, yes, the Lucies will call can play at a um open pace sort of game. But I just see the back line. You're going to get phase up. Say phase, you'll get laomarpe hitting it up, and then you'll get a Salvia hit up out in the wing. And you might get, you know, out wide um, with Hoosomac, for we we'll scamp in and do something a little bit high-paced and exciting. But generally, you know, you'll, you'll get the, the the back rollers and and those midfield guys um, doing things mainly through the middle of the park. And then, like you say, the options of a bad halves uh, error is is pretty high as well with them in there. So, yeah, I'll get – if they want a chance – it's saying it's they could try because, you know, they're not going to win the game <laughs> over the pack, are they? So, yeah, Very be creative, true. Hurricanes.
0: Exactly. Um, so, don't forget to join it. I'll be um, live straight after the uh, Chiefs versus the Highlanders. Uh, after the final whistle, we'll be uh, live here um, bringing you post-match reaction. And then on Sunday evening at 8 p.m., we'll bring you the Super Rugby Review Show. Um, I've decided not to do post-match reaction. To the uh, Crusaders versus the Hurricanes because basically that'll be about half an hour before the review show, so it seems a bit pointless going on and, <laughs> and doing a, uh, and doing two shows um, quite so back to back. So, but we will be live, I say, straight after the Chiefs versus the Highlanders. Um, cool, Frank. Thank you very much for joining me. Have a great end to your week, and uh, folks, the weekend—you know—it's not too far away.